Please bow your heads for the prayer of illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear the joy what you say to us today. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The New Testament reading is John 3, 1 through 17. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Today, uh, we're looking at the life of Nicodemus, and there are some nuanced things going on here that I want to... Um, 
bring forward to you. I'm going to be using the Pastor Dave paraphrase. It's not published anywhere. Maybe it will be one day. But um, we're going to be looking and, and kind of paraphrasing some of the things that Jesus is saying to Nicodemus with the hope of gaining an understanding of what it means to be born again. That, that you hear that all the time. You've got to be born again. You've got to be born. What does that mean? So we're going to look at that today. Poor old Nick. He was between a rock and a hard place. You know, Nicodemus was quite an influential man. He had, I mean, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, more specifically the sect of the Pharisees. He was a leader. And people came to him for his wisdom because he was a thinker too. Nicodemus was a thinker. He didn't take things on the surface. He would dig deeper and discover what was really going on. And Nicodemus, like all religious leaders at the time, including Jesus, had disciples, people who followed him. And people would come from all over the area and the region to seek Nicodemus' counsel. When Nick spoke, everyone listened. Everyone wanted to be his disciple. And oh, by the way, lest I forget to say, Nicodemus was loaded. He had lots of money. He had a lot of money. So he was between a rock and a hard place because something happened. Everything was going great with Nicodemus. Everybody was listening to Nicodemus. Everybody was coming to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus had all the answers until he heard Jesus. He had a bit of an encounter from a distance with Jesus, and everything changed. Something, something about this teacher from Nazareth was different. Does anything good come from Nazareth? Jesus traveled all throughout the countryside, but he didn't carry money with him. He didn't have fine clothes. He wasn't wearing the, the newest styles of the day. He didn't even have a nice house to live in. He was a nomad. He would travel all over the place with his followers. Birds have nests. Foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. How strange this is. How strange it must have been for Nicodemus to see. And even though he didn't have all the fancy clothes and the money and a place to live, he had followers. He had disciples. And boy, could he draw a crowd. Yeah. What was it about this man, Jesus? What was it about this man, Jesus, that he could speak with such authority and he could heal with such love and tenderness? I guess that's where the conundrum occurred with Nicodemus. Nick was a thinker. That's why he was so wise. That's why people came to him. He watched the miracles. He listened to the sermons. 
He talked to people who firsthand engaged with Jesus. He talked to people who were touched and healed by Jesus. And something within his heart and his soul started to stir. Nicodemus knew that something had to change in his life. But what? And where? And at what cost? How much was this going to affect his social status? You see, Nicodemus, as the kids say, was an influencer. He was an influencer. And people did what Nicodemus said to do. This conundrum really hit Nick hard. I mean, he couldn't sleep at night. He couldn't eat. He was distracted, and people started to notice, Hey, Nick, you okay? Huh? Oh, yes, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Finally, he could handle it no longer. He, could, he had to meet Jesus. He had to meet Jesus. But here's the thing. He was afraid of what that would do to his social status. He was afraid that people would look at him funny. He was afraid he'd lose influence. So he had his people get with Jesus' people and set up an appointment in the middle of the night. I think that's interesting. When I was studying this text to prepare it, Jesus obliged him. Jesus could have said, eh, "Yeah, no, that's not going to quite work for my schedule. Let's meet at regular hours. Let's meet in my office. Not that he had an office, but you know. And so when that night came, the appointment came, there was Nicodemus and Jesus was waiting for him. And Nicodemus starts out with flattery. Did you catch that? Nicodemus says, Rabbi, teacher, I can see you're a man of God because let's face it, no one can perform these miracles without God. Again, this is the Pastor Dave paraphrase. And notice what happens next. And you don't have to stretch for it. In fact, you don't have to stretch at all to see that Jesus ignored that flattery. Jesus went straight to the point. He went straight to the heart. He knew why Nicodemus was there. He knew exactly why Nicodemus was there. Jesus, ignoring the flattery, went straight to the heart and said, You know, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven without being born first from above. Your, your life is too comfortable, Nick. Spiritually, you're like an unborn baby that's safe inside its mother's womb, nice and warm and comfortable, getting all the nourishment, comfortable, safe. You got to be born spiritually to fully experience God's kingdom. You got to be born again. And Nicodemus was astonished at this analogy. I can see him sputtering around. 
Perhaps he didn't get what Jesus was laying down. Wait, wait, what? I'm an old man. You're telling me I got to get back into the womb and be born again? And Jesus looks Nicodemus straight in the eye. Nicodemus, I'm speaking spiritually here. What's born of flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. Come on, Nick. You're a teacher. Why is this shocking to you? You know that we speak. That you know that what we speak of, we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you don't have a testimony, Nicodemus. You're too busy being comfortable to have a testimony. And because you don't have a testimony, you can't fully experience God's kingdom. You're a smart man, Nick. But if you don't believe me when I talk about earthly things, how could you possibly understand me when I'm talking about spiritual things? I imagine that Nicodemus was speechless at this point. And I can imagine Jesus putting a hand on Nicodemus' shoulder. Nicodemus, you got to be born again. You need to surrender to the work of God in your life. Got to sell out. If you're going to follow me, follow me. Don't sit on the fence. For God so loved the world, Jesus says to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, me. God sent me, his only son, that whoever believes in me shall not die, but have eternal life. For God did not send me into the world to condemn the world. No, no. But that the world through me may be saved. as we look at our lives introspectively during this season of Lent, I believe the message that we can take away from this midnight visit is this. God, through Jesus, has done all the salvific work on our behalf. Do I hear an amen? God, through Jesus, has done all the salvific work through the Son, Jesus Christ. We can experience salvation right here, right now. God wants to give it to us right here, right now. So that we're prepared for the life everlasting. The gift is freely offered. It's right there. We don't even have to receive it. We don't have to open it. It's there. God says, here. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And there's nothing we can do to receive it. It's just there. The question is, are we ready to surrender to it? God, God's ask for us is that we live into that grace. God's ask that we surrender to that grace. God's ask is that we give everything to God without holding back. 
As I studied the story, I realized we each have a choice to make. Each one of us individually have a choice to make. We can say we are Christians and maybe go through the motions at church. We can say we are saved, and we are. And yet, compartmentalize our lives. This is my church life. This is my work life. This is my family life. And they don't cross, you see. We do that. Sometimes this pastor does that. Try to put things in little compartments. But God says, I want to be everything in your life. I want to be your all, no matter what. So we can choose that life, to live a compartmentalized life, or ride the fence, or, or we can come out of our comfortable spaces. I've said this before from the pulpit. Nothing good comes from comfort zones. We can come out of our comfortable spaces, our warm, comfortable, safe, spiritual wombs, and totally and completely sell out to God. We can live out the identity as a Christ follower. We can choose our lives. We can choose to live our lives in such a way that there is no doubt that we are God's kingdom builders. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mm. Would that we had that song in our heart, wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we encounter, this little light of mine, nothing's going to burn it out. My guess is, if we choose the latter option, to be a light to a darkened world, we will experience the fullness of God's kingdom on this earth. We will be able to fully appreciate the gospel in its undiluted form and thus experience the Holy Spirit in ways like we have never experienced before. This church, as a community, can experience the Holy Spirit. As sure as I'm standing here, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to descend on this church and the church next door in the church across the street, in every church, the Holy Spirit is wanting to move. Let's get out of the way. Let's get out of the way. As I come to this table, I rem I, I'm reminded, and this should remind us all, about the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Laying his throne, uh, his, his, his crown aside, leaving his throne <clears throat> Coming to this earth as a humble baby, that was a sacrifice. The death on this cross was how far God was willing to take that love, to show us how much God loves us. And so with that understanding of all that Jesus has done for us, how can we not say, everything I have and everything I am is yours, God, how can we continue to resist being all in 
as it relates to being a Christ follower.